0: Good morning, I'm so glad to have you with us for the message today. Whether you are alone or with your family or friends, thank you for letting us be a part of your morning. Uh, We have some really important things to talk about today, so let's read our scripture and then we will pray and expect God to speak to us this morning. Our scripture reading is from Hebrews chapter 11 verses 17 through 19. Later in the message, I will also be reading from Genesis chapter 22, 1 through 18. So you might put your finger or a bookmark back in Genesis, and we will turn to that and read that later. But for right now, we're going to start with Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. We've been talking about faith and the, what we call the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. And verse 17 says this. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, that's Abraham, was in the act of offering up his only son of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. From which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit, the one who teaches us and opens our eyes to understand your word. I ask you to make this time in your word profoundly helpful for everyone who listens today. May your power be upon me as I teach And may your spirit be at work in our hearts as we listen. May your word go deep into our hearts this morning, making the changes and granting the encouragement that we need today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture begins, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Abraham acted in extreme obedience and with complete confidence in God. He offered his own son, whom he loved, by faith when he was tested by God. Faith is confidence in God. But that confidence will be tested. Something will happen to you. Somebody will do something. Somebody will say something that staggers your faith. We get tested when something that matters to us gets threatened in some way. Something may happen that shatters an important dream you've always had. Or that career you wanted never happens. A child may turn against God or against you. A spouse may die or be unfaithful. A close friend may desert you. You may be greatly misunderstood about some situation and then be criticized or condemned for it. Or maybe you try really hard to do something for God and it just doesn't get off the ground. And then we are all dealing with the uncertainty and the upheaval and the danger of the present coronavirus crisis. All of that is a test. And we should expect that our faith will be tested. Peter said, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Our confidence in God and our obedience to God must be demonstrated under stress. Our faith cannot be proven to be real and genuine without testing. And faith cannot become stronger without testing. Oswald Chambers, who wrote the devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, said, When you are on the mountaintop, it is easy to say, Oh yes, I believe God can do it but you have to come down from the mountain to the demon-possessed valley and face the realities that scoff at you and your mountain of transfiguration belief. It's in the valley that our faith is tested. And the question is, what will you do when your faith is tested? This passage, tells us what Abraham did. He lived by faith when he was tested and offered up Isaac. The indomitable faith of Abraham is recorded in scripture to show us how to handle the testing of our faith. He shows us how to overcome, to be steadfast, to obey when it is really hard, to not be overwhelmed, or defeated in the hour of testing. In all tests, the ultimate issue is, will we trust God through this? Do we believe God is good and wise and can be trusted with our lives and our future? Will we maintain our confidence in God and our obedience to God in our hour of testing? even in that hour of extreme testing? That is the question for each of us this morning. Now to fully understand Abraham's test with his son Isaac, I think we have to go clear back to the beginning of creation. So stay with me as I tell this story. After Adam sinned, the human race degenerated into great wickedness. God decided to destroy all of mankind by a flood. Only Noah and his family were saved. After the flood, the descendants of Noah also fell into great wickedness. They gathered in the land of Shinar and built the Tower of Babel in rebellion against the Lord. So God, in an act of judgment, confused their ability to communicate and scattered them all over the earth. So for the second time, The whole human race was in complete spiritual darkness. But God had a plan to make people part of his family. And he started by choosing one man named Abraham through whom God said all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Meaning people all over the world in all nations would come out from under God's judgment and wrath, and instead would be blessed with God's kindness and favor and love for all eternity. And this blessing would flow to mankind through Abraham and through Abraham's seed or descendant. And ultimately, we know that that would be Jesus Christ. But first, Abraham had to have children So God appeared to Abraham and promised him a son and descendants as many as the stars in the heaven. And Abraham believed God. So Abraham and Sarah expected to start having kids. They expected to start having lots of kids. But that didn't happen. Years passed and no kids. They became old and no kids. They got way past childbearing years and no kids but finally through a supernatural work of God Isaac was born Abraham and Sarah clearly saw Isaac as a miracle baby a precious gift of God and they loved him and he was the key to all these amazing promises that God had made to them but Genesis chapter 2 22 tells us that some time later, God tested Abraham. And here's the story, I'm gonna read it for you from Genesis chapter 1 through 18. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied, Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Now listen carefully how Abraham handles this test. Early, the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey, he took placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? How would Abraham answer his boy's question? Abraham answered, Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. When I read that story, two questions come to my mind. First, where did Abraham's remarkable obedience and composure and peace of mind come from? Secondly, where is the struggle and the anger and the questioning of God that we might expect to find in this story? Well, the answer to both of those questions is found in Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham was in the act of offering up his son because he considered that God was able even to rise, raise him from the dead. Abraham acted well. He acted right. He acted in obedience because of his complete confidence in God. He thought, even if I must take Isaac's life, God will raise him up and give him back to me. Sometimes this story is told, emphasizing the struggle that we might imagine to be in Abraham's heart over giving up his son. And we can all imagine Abraham trudging up Mount Moriah with great anguish and doubts in his heart and perhaps tears streaming down his face. We could easily think of him very reluctantly obeying God, if obeying God at all. But that is not what the Bible tells us. Abraham likely did have some conflicts over God's command, but the Bible tells us only of Abraham's unwavering faith and obedience. God said, Do this, go sacrifice your son. And it says, Early, the very next morning, Abraham went. We all have human emotions and struggles. And we should not deny them. But neither should we give them undue priority and emphasis. It is good to be honest when we are struggling with doubts or fears or even disobedience. But it is not a good or a safe place to stay. We need to quickly turn our hearts to complete childlike confidence in God. And not dwell in the dark shadows of doubt and disobedience. When I was a senior at Iowa State University, Cindy and I went to a missions conference at Urbana, Illinois, and we heard Elizabeth Elliott speak there. We we attended a workshop led by Elizabeth Elliott. After the workshop, a female student came up to Elizabeth and she described an issue and she said she was struggling with God about it. Well this young girl barely got the words out of her mouth and Elizabeth said struggling is just delayed obedience. Decide to obey God and your struggle will be over. Those words came out of her mouth with such power and authority that Cindy and I never forgot those words. The sooner we decide to believe and obey, the sooner we will live in victory. Abraham's story is perhaps the greatest act of faith in human history. There's several key spiritual lessons for us that I want us to look at this morning. First, you do not have to cave in to unbelief and despair when your faith is tested. You don't have to. Some of us may have developed a sort of automatic response to, of collapsing in despair or getting angry Whenever, thing, whenever things go wrong or get hard. And deep down inside, we may think we have no choice but to do that. We are just so used to responding in that way. Abraham's story is just what we need to hear. When Abraham was tested, he did not throw away his confidence in God. Whatever test you are in right now, you Do not have to throw away your confidence in God. We must always guard against our human tendency to exaggerate our tests and trials and imagine that they are far more severe than they really are. We sometimes do this to justify self-pity and a lifestyle of grumbling or fear or even anger. The Bible continually reminds us of those who persevered in faith through really big tests as a way of helping us keep our tests in perspective. Hebrews 11 helps us do that. When we are tested, let's consider Abraham and Abraham's test. Let's consider those who suffered mocking and flogging, chains, and imprisonment, and even those who were sawn in two, they did that with faith. You too can live by faith through your time of testing. On our recent trip, we had a lady who accidentally left her cell phone in a bathroom at a site a temple in Egypt and we were on a boat on the River Nile and the boats departure uh, got delayed for quite some time and we ended up being late to our next site and so forth and then when we did all get going there was an electrical short in one of the rooms that started a small fire that that had to be dealt with but our tour leader Lon Solomon a pastor from uh, East Coast, is really a man of faith. And I love the way he responded to this. He got our group together. He, had, he addressed these issues with our group. But he said, these were really small potatoes. And then he led us in a prayer of praising God for his protection. He called it for God's bubble of protection around us. Small potatoes is not a phrase I often use, maybe never use. But rather than seeing every problem as a full-blown disaster, we should see many things as small potatoes and just go on praising God for his amazing goodness and faithfulness to us. Second, it is just as important to speak and act with confidence in God in our small daily tests as it is in the major tests of life. Every day we are called to demonstrate confidence in God through common irritations and setbacks and disappointments. Almost every day has something like that in it. It would be a mistake for us to apply this message and the example of Abraham only to some major Setback or some major loss. We are to walk with the same peace and composure and confidence in our daily tests as Abraham demonstrated in his supreme test. In our very ordinary days, our faith shows or not. We must consider it a prime duty each day every morning when we get up it's a primary duty to consciously place our confidence in God and live that way through the normal ups and downs of life and we can simply do that by saying God we choose to to trust you I choose to put my faith in you I choose to be confident in you this day third third lesson obey God All the way through your hour of testing. Always do the next right thing in the eyes of the Lord, even when you cannot understand what God is up to. Abraham had to see the obvious conflict Isaac was the promise. If Isaac dies, the promise dies but he left all that he did not understand in God's hands and obeyed. F.F. F. Bruce said, Abraham treated this as God's problem. It was for God and not for Abraham to reconcile his promise and his command. So when the command was given, Abraham promptly set about obeying it. God never asked us to understand everything, only to trust and obey our problems are God's problems we need to see them as God's problems and it's up to him to get us out of our mess to solve things to fix things to heal things to restore things to redeem things and he will do it as we simply trust and obey one of the most frequent areas of testing in our lives is in the area of sexuality marriage and romantic relationships. Our emotions and human desires are as intense about these things as most anything in life. And we can easily be tempted to stray from trust and obedience when we are tested or tempted in these areas. Another area of testing is money. We have to have money to function in this world. And it can be downright scary when we think of not having enough of it. But love of money or fears about money can tempt us to pursue money in a way that will keep us from making the kingdom of God our priority. Love of money or fears about money can cause us to put too much trust in money, too much emphasis on money. Most of us will be tempted or tested at some time in life about whether we actually trust God or trust money. Another key area of testing is our children, which is what Abraham was faced with. If we were honest, some of us might have to say, I will trust God with everything but my kids. We are deeply attached to our children, and rightly so, but our children cannot have priority over our loyalty and devotion and obedience to God. We are deeply attached to our parents, and rightly so, but we may be tested to see if God holds that higher place in our hearts even than our parents. Jesus said, He who loves father or mother, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Let's be especially careful to trust and obey God in these key areas of testing. Fourth, we need to trust God to redeem or resurrect our situations to a good and a glorious outcome. That is what Abraham did. He said, God will raise Isaac from the dead. He did what he did by faith. We do not survive our tests. We do not survive our hardships simply by stoicism or grit. We survive by faith. We survive by hope in God. We believe God will redeem what we are going through. We believe God will work it for good. We believe God's answers will come even if we must wait till the resurrection for them. Paul said at a very painful and difficult time in his life. He said, we trust in God who raises the dead. He meant by that that we trust in a God who does the humanly impossible. Let me ask you, is your God a God who raises the dead? Do you have that kind of confidence in who your God is? What hopes and dreams of yours look dead to you this morning? Remember, our God is a God who raises the dead. Our God raises things that look hopeless back to life. Well, as we close this morning, I want you to remember this one key thing. And really, it's just a phrase. It's the opening phrase of, of our scripture today. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Abraham acted in extreme obedience and with complete faith. And that is what we are called to. When you are tested, you live by faith and you do whatever it is that God puts before you. Put your confidence in God, and he will fulfill his promises and his goodness to you, even if he has to perform a resurrection to accomplish that for you. Please pray with me now. God, when we are tested, let us be as obedient and as confident in you as Abraham That is how we want to live our lives. That is how we choose to live our lives. We choose to be men and women who live by faith and with confidence in you. We believe you are good and wise and loving, and that is enough for us to trust you with our lives and our future and to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen.